0: This is the Evolution Exchange Podcast, a channel that connects some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Andy. I help connect businesses with the best UX and UI freelance talent, and today I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. We are joined today by Elmeri, Emma and Makita, and we're going to be talking about managing the creative process while hybrid working. So a really interesting topic, especially after everything that's happened over the last couple of years, how working remotely has come into the picture a lot more now. So really interesting topic. And as I, as I said, we've got Mary, who's an art director at Remedy Entertainment, Emma, who is a lead artist and art director at Wooga, and Makita, who is an art director at Moonlit, a newfound studio. So well, before we go into some questions, we're going to go around the room and do some introductions. So, Elmeri, Mary, please could you kick us off first with your introduction?
1: Yes, hello. My name is Elemeri Raitanen. I've been making video games with the remedy a little bit more than 10 years now. I started as a cinematic compositor in Alan Wake, and then for the majority of my uh, career, I've been spending almost a decade on visual effects and uh, like visual development. Uh, for the past couple of years now, I've been acting as an art director. So thanks for having me. Perfect. Thank you very much. Emma, please, can you introduce yourself for us?
2: Hello. So um, I'm Emma. I'm originally from Barcelona. I've been working in this industry for more than 20 years. And I started in a very small company in Barcelona as a cinematic artist doing pixel art, which is something that it's, Very, very close to my heart. And um, then I continue with uh, being a generalist and uh, in in companies such as Gameloft or Digital Chocolate and and Ubisoft. And uh, six years, uh, um, six years ago, I I joined Cougar and um, I was the the lead artist in Prosperil, which is um, our oldest games, I would say still still alive so yeah and very happy to be here
0: perfect thank you very much and lastly mikita um hey uh, i'm mikita Uh,
3: so i'm also working in games for quite some time it's been more than 15 years uh, since i started as a 3d artist uh, and we did like uh we tried to do a console game on our own engine uh super complicated stuff and then most of my rest of career, I actually uh, was focused on casual games, uh, and most of them, uh, most of the time, I actually spent at UGA. Uh, it's been more than nine years uh, for me uh, at Wooga, so I worked on all the hidden object games that uh, that UGA produced. That's something we share with Emma together, uh, quite some projects. Uh, Last year I was working as an Art Director in uh, 10 Square Games but uh, at the moment we're starting our own studio in Berlin and uh, where I am as an Art Director and Founder.
0: Fantastic, really really exciting stuff and thank you all for for the nice introduction. So now we've got a bit of uh, context for you all, we're going to jump into some really interesting uh, questions that we've got today. So Elmer, you're going to kick us off first with the first question of the day please.
1: Yes, at least now in the remote and hybrid work or having done a little bit of that and getting back to the office and seeing every all of the lovely colleagues and everybody <laughs> again, uh, I have noticed that at least my sort of creative brain works a lot better when I'm able to be in person with the folks in the same meeting room, for example, like foaming from the mouth, talking about some weird ideas, or or acting out scenarios, or waving hands, and just being able to pull out the draw board or uh, even a YouTube video or something. You know that everybody's seeing this exact thing right now and hearing this exact music or audio right now and there's no compression or lag and it's so much easier to pick on non-verbal cues of people for example like are they with me with this idea or should i <laughs> should i change subject or something so i feel like it's so much easier to do that sort of loose exploration work and the concepting and workshopping and that sort of even even longer days um, with the folks in the same room and I was wondering uh, because digitally I feel so restricted doing the same work with the same group of people that have you for example in your uh, companies or projects or a line of work seen uh, or, or found out some digital solutions for this or some things to mitigate the problems that might come with the with uh, not having a physical proximity and presence there. Yeah, really good question. Really good question, uh, Makita. Do you want to? Do you want to start us off?
3: Uh, yeah, I can jump in. Uh, well, first of all, it's hard to disagree with you. And being in the same room with artists is like just a different experience. Uh, there are a couple of things that we kind of on the way uh, try to figure out uh, how to do it better, like digitally. Uh, I think first rule for me is cameras on. Like whenever I'm speaking to my team, like I just like asking everyone to be camera on. Uh, otherwise, you're talking to, like, some emo- emojis uh, or, like, avatars, and you don't even know, like, are they there? Are they listening? You know, are they nodding? Um, and then a couple of tools that kind of just, uh, I think, helped out quite a bit. Uh, Mirror, Uh This is, like, just an amazing tool that I think got its like, highlight during pandemic where you can actually see people pointing. You can also, like, follow uh, kind of a little bit of... Uh, who is looking where because you see their cursors. Um, It's not ideal, but I think it does improve the workflow quite a bit. Uh, And what we started doing, is um, doing a lot of work in mirror, uh, so discussing uh, things, also putting notes of like why certain things has changed, uh, and also even keeping the track of iteration. So let's say if we take the concept of the character, we would put like very rough uh, ideation in mirror, but on the same board we will just like start to progress it like from left to right. So whoever will jump in, I don't know, in a month or two they will see like why it is uh, looking the way it is and like what was the thinking process behind it. Uh, and the other thing uh, what I find useful is uh, Magba. Uh, I know right now like magma people chasing me from time to time. But this is like a really cool uh, tool uh, that we also used. Uh, we started using a at Wooga, uh where people would draw. It's basically like a online Photoshop uh, where uh, people will jump jump in and start painting in the same PSD file. Uh, and what is cool is uh, to pair like more senior people with a bit more junior people. Uh, so they would have insight about the thinking process, the work process. Uh, and this is something that wasn't able like really uh it wouldn't be possible uh to do uh kind of physically in the office uh, but here they can all contribute and even like do some marking so uh, as an art director of the project i could just do some really weird scribble like hey i wanted this shape and then the rest is like ah oh, this is exactly the same you know he wants so, so like let's try to iterate or, like you know mm-hmm. take it as a base and like uh, kind of iterate on it like
0: that's a, a really interesting point you said there was a, there's actually a tool available which you wouldn't even be able to do if you were in person like you have to do it online so that's a really like that is definitely something that's not a benefit of working remotely but it's definitely a tool that, that gives it massive advantages emma what what are your thoughts
2: uh, well, I agree 100% with Nikita. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we use the same tools. We use Miro and we use um, Magma. I would say whatever, it's a collaborative canvas and and helps to uh, collaborate in a synchronous way, which is also very beneficial. And um, it helps to the people, which is not very vocal, um, to think about what they want to convey, what they want to communicate. And they are not biased by other people who are louder. I would say everything helps and it's very useful. Um, Also, I've noticed, for example, that with Miro, it's very, very cool to prepare in advance what you want to discuss in the meeting. So gather all the information, gather all the documentation, uh, references, and so on, at least roughly to have a a frame that uh, can allow people to think about, okay, we are going to discuss this. And then it gives them a little a little bit of a space of, okay, um, we are not starting from a blank canvas, you know? So that helps already to start the conversation and to have a fruitful discussion on this. And uh, with Magma, I found it very useful that um, discussing, is what Mikita said, discussing about shapes. And for example, with the character team, anatomy issues or try different volumes and things like that, it helps a lot. And it's something that we couldn't do in person because when we meet in person, we go to a room and we don't have this tool. Um, so I think that's a very positive thing. I agree with anne for example, that I also um, feel more energetic when I'm close to people and I can discuss things and we can you know exchange uh, ideas and and all of this, but I also found some interesting tools um working from home that allow other other interactions other contributions yeah. Mm.
0: Mikita, did you want to jump in? Uh,
3: yeah, um, and I think as much as those tools like give us some benefits on uh, kind of remote work, uh, they also still do work in-house. So we can continue using them when they are like in the same room and even like using Miro or using Magma, we can do just by sitting at the same table in the, in the meeting room. And what we did in uh, both in VUGA and in 10 Square Games, we tried to switch all the artists to laptops. So we'll be more, more flexible and we can actually like grab our workplace and you know just go in the meeting room and continue you work in those the same tools as we work uh, on
0: our desks. Mm, interesting. Uh, Elmeri go on.
1: Yeah that's actually a very interesting point uh, that I haven't been thinking about. Like some people might want to contribute but they are not necessarily vocal. So being able to just doodle your idea there even like listening to somebody else talk and then still bring your point across. That's actually a really good point that could of course work as a hybrid meeting or even like bringing that tool into an on-site meeting as well. Having people be able to draw on the same thing without physically having to be on top of each other (laughs) might be awkward. Also of course, uh, with the remote meetings, uh, specifically for us now, if the office is getting a little bit cramped or small for you, then having like finding the perfect meeting room for the physical uh, workshop might always be a little bit problematic. That's uh, naturally solved with the digital meeting. Mm.
0: And just for uh, I'll throw a question in there to, to all three of you coming back to your original question now, Mary, do you reckon? A lot of the time, when you talk about either remote or hybrid t- working, sometimes it's seen within like creative processes. Sometimes it's seen with like a negative uh, a, a thing, you know, like you, you, like you said at the start, you know, you want it's a different experience getting people in there in the room um, first of all. But like Makita said, you've you've also got a software like online where everyone can pitch in and it is, works really well. So, would you, either of you, any uh, any of you say there's any? really positives to it, anything that's come out of it where you think it, it it adds more creativity in any sense.
3: I think it is different. Uh it's yeah, it's hard to tell if it's better or worse. Like I think also in different parts of the project or different like stages of the project, one or the other could be more beneficial. And uh, as much as I understand that um, you know, some people like being remote and they don't see a lot of benefits of coming in the office. Like they, that might work when the project is already established and then it's kind of like, you know, just going um, on rails. But mm. if you are, especially in the very beginning of the project where communication is key and you really need to iterate ideas and changes and exchange like, uh, like ideas in between each other and opinions, uh, I think remote is a lot harder to execute. On.
1: Okay. Go on, Emma. Yeah, well, actually, uh, Mikita pretty much uh, (laughs) finished my thought in there, but exactly that seems to be how I approach it, at least, is that when you are in the beginning stages of the project, there's a lot of creative exploration to be done and this sort of coming up with completely new concepts and themes, then it's very much easier, at least for myself, to be able to be in the physical presence of people and can kind of get energy from them and have them be the sort of sounding board for the ideas and be able to like play a little bit of uh, uh, thinking tennis with them, uh, though when the like tasks are clear, then the sort of more mechanical binary, is it done or is it not done work, uh, can most likely be completely uh, actually more efficiently done from the home office because there's less interruptions and you might get into your happy place easier with your pets and your music. and pyjama pants or whatever you need for the happy place. <laughs> go on, Eva.
2: Um, yeah, I totally agree <laughs> with you. Um, no, I just wanted to add that um, I haven't found a way to to speed up the thinking process while you're working from home, right? So it's to them when you are in the office, it's very easy uh, to go to someone's desk and ask a question and clarify whatever you want. Uh, and and probably something that would take from home half a day, you can solve it in ten minutes, right? Um, it's true that these these tools that we were mentioning before help us to you know to speed up the process, to have a conversation, to you know, it's kind of trying to simulate being in the office together. But I haven't found the you know the right spot where communication flows the same way when you are in the office and when you are from home.
0: Mm and uh on this sort of conversation we're having is leaning towards um Mary the third question that, that you submitted in um because usually as our regular listeners will know we usually ask one question but to, today we, we might have a chance to ask a couple bonus ones so Elmer, I'm actually going to ask you to to ask the the third question, because it sort of relates into what we're just discussing there, if that's okay.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, it's about this exactly, actually what Emma was talking about just there, this mm. gaining mutual trust, having the information flow and being very well aligned uh, with the other teams, uh, specifically making video games many things many problems are these sort of multi-department problems where if we want to evoke a feeling in a player like okay what does it mean uh, when you want the player to feel something it's not just an animation task or a or an audio task or a musical task it's usually all of the pacing everything comes together and then we find ourselves into the in that place. So in the completely remote uh, environment, it's most likely so much easier to fall into this sort of a tribalist mentality where you kind of are able to keep up with the own team, but then Mm -hmm. all of those natural Uh, accidents by bumping into somebody at the office or these sort of quick exchanges are very rare and almost impossible to actually uh, even plan so that for a little quick catch up you don't necessarily even uh, book anybody's time for like Mm. if you book a meeting digitally with somebody there almost always needs to be some sort of a like a theme or a question or something you are expecting an answer to a problem or something like that so it's not ever about like a catch-up per se. Yeah,
0: yeah I like the way you described it like in the question you put us versus them and that sort of tribalism mentality um, you know sometimes it's not as harsh as that it's just people you know who like to work at home and things or people like to work at the office but there's always that joke like we joke in the office saying there are people who want to work fully remotely. There are people who want to be in the office. There are people who want to do both. And, like, you always have a bit of banter with people around, like, working at home or doing whatever. Um, but when it comes to the, the creative process and things like that, Emma and Makita, just coming back to that question, um, you know, you put at the, at the end of it, Elmery, have you found any solutions to fight off that sort of uh, tribalism aspect or that us-or-them type of type of ratio?
2: Um, I can start. Yeah? Yeah. Um, there are a couple of things that I think in in the project I'm working currently we try to do and it's kind of working I mean I think we are not going to substitute the fact that you can jump on someone in the kitchen and and have a casual conversation and, and probably doesn't have anything to do with your project but it inspires you to you know to think about something that you didn't think before so these kind of casual conversations um, are very difficult to have. But um, what we are doing, and I think it's very useful, is to have people from other departments in our standups. So these people are always informed of, for example, what the art team is doing, and the other way around, I'm as a lead. I'm attending some stand-ups of the writing writing team or the design team or whatever. So just for them to be aware of what we are working on and for me to understand what they are working on. And um, and another thing is to have quick calls. I mean, through Slack, it doesn't have to be a meeting, hangout or whatever, which is more formal and you have to have a theme or a purpose or something like that. It's more like a rapid conversation where you can just clarify an issue or have, you know, quick question answered and things like that. Right. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't substitute (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, the other stuff, but I think it helps to have a healthier uh, relationship and a healthier conversation and uh, information around your different teams uh, in the game
1: yeah yeah ask how is the dynamic in that if somebody from another team is joining another team stand up is it uh, proactively the person thinks that hey i would like to be a little bit more in sync with the narrative or the animation or the art or is it something that for example you invite somebody for better visibility into the subject it's a second one
2: so it's a, it's a designated person so you say hey um i think um i think it would be relevant to have again the writing team in our stand-ups because. We are having a lot of interactions with them. So just let's call one person to to come to our stand-ups. And yeah, I mean, it can be the other way around. It can be also in the spontaneous people that say, hey, I want to participate in this stand-up. It's also, is open for everybody, but usually it happens um, with someone specific, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's pretty tough one. And uh, what you said about tribalism, I think uh, like for the smaller companies, it's much easier to solve because uh, it's kind of much easier to connect people. Everybody has uh, like a lot bigger overlap. I think most of the companies that's tri- struggle the most is uh, the companies that were already big and then the pandemic hits, but they started like, you know, they continued growing and then you have a chunk of people who actually know each other and then continue to know each other and have a good relationship even remotely. Mm. But uh, there are other people who just joined and they knew, they don't know anyone and all they see is just their laptop and, and that's kind of it. Uh, so I think solving those is a really hard one. Um, what we try to do is uh, pairing people on the same task. Uh, so. You actually uh, get in kind of like a group assignment, like, hey, you two, you need to solve it. Uh, and usually it's like, you know, someone who is like more like longer time in the company and someone new. Uh, so you kind of create creating like a point of, of interaction. Uh, so this uh, this worked quite well, but uh, I don't know, offsites, <laughs> offsites <laughs> help
0: quite a bit. Just um, actually just forcing people to, to meet each other and to talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good point. And um, uh, we'll, we'll move on to the next question, but two really good questions and some great answers as well. So uh, thank you Mary, and thank you uh, Emma and Makita for some great input there as well. Uh, okay, we'll move on. We'll go into our second question, which is gonna come from Emma then. So Emma, please, can you uh, give us your question?
2: Yeah, so my question is, um, I've been observing that through conversations and my own experience and, and articles and so on, Talking about big part of the people saying that they feel um they prefer to work in a in a office and uh, and that the remote work environment it's just draining them, and other people that feel that this remote work it's boosting their creativity. And uh, I was wondering, have you identified these different two groups of people and uh, and if so, which kind of people are, mm. and uh, how they got affected by this?
0: Yeah, really interesting. So actually like categorizing sort of why and and who the who the type of people are and what it is about them. So that, yeah, really interesting. Uh, El what what do you reckon?
1: Well, I one thing that I can definitely say is that i I belong to the group who likes the office aspect. I mm-hmm. definitely started to miss my colleagues immediately when I was said that now you have to work from home. So I, I, I definitely work better in there with the people but it probably also depends a lot on your like what your job description is. Like naturally like if you are an art director you have to be constantly interacting with people so that's that's when it's like uh, easiest to do as well. Uh-huh. It might be a little bit too easy to say that maybe the introvert, introverted people would enjoy the the home office setting more, and the extroverts maybe more of the office setting, but. I have actually just last week I had a chat with one of these uh, a little bit more traditionally introvert uh, artists and they definitely have been preferring the home office a lot. They they really enjoy that. Uh, they seem to be very productive from there and exactly as you said, but even they start to feel the drain after this couple of years of pandemic is like maybe i have been actually isolating myself a little bit too much like having worked in the office with the folks for multiple years already now feeling like there's that social aspect uh, that's missing a little bit and we then tried to figure out like is there what are the ways that we could actually try to um, what could we do digitally in this sense like like how could you have these sort of uh, normal, organic, uh, social, kind of happy accidents at the coffee maker when you are away. Mm. But purely from the creative point of view, maybe, um, it's just being able to yeah uh, cultivate this sort of atmosphere, the happy place for folks. For some people, it, it's at the office when you have this sort of a welcoming atmosphere where it's you don't have to be afraid of failing and you can try things and, and it's nice being there. Maybe the creativity is coming from that. And then for some people, they need a little bit more personal space, a little bit more time uh, with themselves in order to get in like deep into the tasks. So maybe I think, yeah, a, a long rambling and non-answer, <laughs> but maybe hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, like like all of those people, personality types could be supported in this hybrid work.
0: Of course, as, as soon as Emma, uh, so I was explaining the question. I was wondering who was going to go for the introvert extrovert uh, thing, and I was like, I was thinking it's straight away. So it's obviously like it is a very common theme, I would imagine. Um, Mikita, what what do you reckon? Yeah, uh,
3: it's really interesting that you brought uh, introverts and extroverts, um, and I think that uh, as much as the introverts don't want to uh, interact with other people, sometimes they want to be surrounded by them. You know, you mm. want to be uh, in a live space, but just like. Please, nobody like don't touch me. I want to be by myself. <laughs> but it's nice to see you around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I would assume similar. You could say for extroverts, is like it doesn't mean that they always like just want to chat and like just uh, irritate all the all the rest of the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. If we if we go to back to like creative domain, uh, I think there there are like different sides of the spectrum where people saying that they are productive or unproductive because it's also their Uh, their own judgment of the situation and i uh, i noticed like there are different situations for example uh, people who don't feel like they have enough attention they sometimes feel lost and forgotten and they start to Think, oh my God, maybe I'm, you know, performing at a little scale. Uh, like maybe I'm underperforming. Uh, that's why my manager is not reaching out to me. Like, am I getting fired and all? Like, getting stressful about it. Um, but there are also other who uh, like kind of fake performers uh, or like. I wouldn't say fake performance. Okay, like I think this is one, but people who think that their performance really increased uh, in the remote work. However, even though they are putting more effort and polish into single asset, it's not necessarily improves the project overall. So. Uh, I stumbled quite often into artists who are like, hey, I will just polish this wrinkle on the character and it looks so good. Uh, And, you know, I'm so productive, the quality is increasing. But like on the overall scale, well, maybe this character is right now like way more polished uh, and just like even, you know, popping out from the crowd of the rest of the cast from the game. Uh, So it's always kind of like hard to tell who is really kind of performer or not, uh, because in the end, it's like the team that makes the game. Uh, and all of it actually brings a lot of uh, extra work and overhead uh, for managers, uh, for people like us, uh, and just when your day and like the week is just full of one-on-one. It's also draining because you have to really check on everyone. You actually have to dedicate this hour to like talk to one person, talk to another. And uh, if before you at least had some, like a few minutes to go from one meeting room to another, <laughs> right now, it's just your calendar is like minute to minute. Uh
0: yeah, it can get tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Emma. One of the one of the things I was thinking as well um, when you were sort of talking about categorizing the sort of productivity you were saying in creativity. And this is a question for all three of you again. Would you say the actual physical office or the the environment of the office would be a factor in that? Because I remember when I went to Stockholm recently, I went into some incredible offices. Like they were amazing, and they had so many cool, different stuff going on. And I was like, oh my god, if I was like in this office, I would never leave. I would I would even stay evenings in the office. I went to so I've been in something like the UK, which are just like boring, like just flat and boring. And I was like. If I've got, I've seen people on, uh, when the pandemic started all over LinkedIn, like people making crazy office setups at home, you know, like amazing desk setups and like the, I can see why the the productivity is going to be more comfortable or more creative in that sort of environment than like a a flat sort of boring office. Would you say that's a factor?
2: I would say that's a big factor for creative people, right? So we I think we all we always know but um we usually need to be surrounded by some by something that inspires us mm. in a very different ways, right? It can be a lot of different things. But definitely a boring office it doesn't help. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think it plays a big factor. Um yeah, also how the how the office is set up, right? Um if it allows uh, interaction, if it's too noisy, because some people get uh, get um, get annoyed by by other people chattering, right? And um, I think these are small things that before you even didn't think about because it was something that it was given for granted, right? So you are in the office and you have to deal with that. And now that we we tried both worlds, I think people are more conscious about the surroundings, how they. They want to be um, in the office and uh, and all these small things that you didn't consider before. So I think mm. everything counts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Really, really interesting question. Uh, like that one. A lot of good points in there as well. So um, uh, does anyone else want to add anything before we move on, or we're we all okay with that one?
1: Maybe quickly. Yep. Adding to the uh, just where do you want to work? I guess getting into your creative happy place is very important. And then like if you go into any game studio in the world, you most likely see developers there and there's a bunch of toys on their desks and there are like artwork <laughs> on the walls and everything or some office pranks have been pulled. And, and these are of things that will definitely attribute uh, to them or contribute to the uh, overall like team vibe in there, which yeah. is very, very important of course to have also just better ergonomics like if you have a if it's easier for you to work from the home office because because you can make it exactly as you want to work then naturally that's a big deal Um, hopefully many people have a really good uh, working conditions even most likely better at the office of course
0: yeah yeah Yeah. i just like working at home sometimes because i'm next to the fridge
3: Yeah, but that's why companies should, uh, like, really invest a little bit more into, like, infrastructure yeah. in the office, so you would actually have a fridge in the office, you know? Yeah, yeah, Maybe, exactly. like, some budget to buy some, like, toys <laughs> and, like, other stuff for your desk. Um, uh, when I was reading uh, about Pixar, I, I was always fascinated about like how they approach it. On the early, and and I, I have no idea. Maybe they're still doing it. But like everybody had a budget to decorate their own space and do whatever you want. You want to like you know work from the birdhouse? You can do it. Here's a bunch of planks Like you know work your <laughs>
1: way out. Wow.
2: That yes. is so that's
1: awesome. yeah. A similar point from uh, like if you have to house train your cats, or that they don't scratch your sofa, for example, you have to have the de facto thing that's most fun to scratch in your house has to be the thing that they are allowed to scratch. Actually, <laughs> so maybe this is the this is the case. You can attract people to come back to the office by making it so irresistible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's brilliant. All right. Um,
0: Yeah, great second question, Emma. Thank you very much. Um, Let's go into the third question then. So, Makita, please, will give us the, the last question of the day?
3: Yeah. Uh, so most of the uh, communication during remote work uh, became very work focused uh, and as much as it sounds kind of good at the first glance we're like becoming more productive and um, I noticed that because we are just discussing what is described for the you know topic of the meeting uh, the team spirit fades away and people know each other less and less and becoming more defensive to feedback uh, there is less communication with departments so you know do you face
0: the same challenges uh, how you mitigate this uh, yeah yeah absolutely uh emma do you want to do you want to start on this one then
2: yeah well absolutely (laughs) we have these these things and, and we have these challenges to solve um i would say being defensive to feedback um it's true it happens um what I try to do to mitigate that is to make everybody participating in the same call because I found that written feedback sometimes can be, you know, misunderstood. And uh, having a conversation in real time, whatever tool you are using, even if you are not using any kind of tool, is just uh, talking about this. I think it helps a lot. It helps to clarify. It helps to, you know, you, you know, read body language and uh, intonation and you know you know everything that it's in it's in it implies the communication so not just your perception of what you are reading so i think that's uh, that's something and um what else and and to have more communication between departments it's difficult. So what I do is, the very moment that I spot some miscommunication or something that it's not clear, I try to go to this person rapidly and and try to clarify it, um, via call or whatever. <laughs> I don't mind, but trying to solve this this issue as soon as possible, just not to make it bigger. Yeah, I
1: guess everything again uh, stands on like, like being able to get that mutual mutual trust going. That's the mm. lowest rung on or the lowest level on the lensionis dysfunctional pyramid as well and being able to align yourself better and have that mutual trust is of course easier when you see people physically as well and bump into into them and actually are able to just say hello or good morning or something that you don't necessarily even do uh, in a completely remote working environment and i think at least for me the sense of belonging to some team is so strong that I I guess that's why people buy like jerseys for like fan jerseys for the teams or something too with the sense of belonging. Um, It's strange to think and I know and have been actually recruiting folks who have started to work during a pandemic remotely in a company and they're um, like home offices at their bedroom, they wake up, get a cup of coffee and go, go work on the computer and then uh, for whatever reason uh, they Move on from that company, start elsewhere, completely remote again, and so one week they just get that cup of coffee, come back to their bedroom computer, and they work in a different company now. Like, <laughs> how do you build that sort of a, a sense of belonging to a team if you basically never ever meet somebody in in person? That's has to be tricky. I've I've never been into that position, but I know no, and some colleagues have it sounds crazy to me.
0: Yeah it's similar to what Makita said before about how some people had been at the company for a long time and obviously were there before the pandemic and people who had started when when the pandemic was there that people had never seen these people before because they were just sort of laptops as opposed to real people because you've never you know spoken to them in real life so completely understand that that trust element is very difficult to build in that sense so Mikita, would you what would you say to that? Is there any any way you would think you're getting around that, or what what would you suggest?
3: Well, yes, yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that's what I'm asking. You <laughs> know, like it's, it's a really complicated <laughs> thing to tackle. Uh, we try to do a few uh, like smaller things, uh, or at least like for myself. Like, you know, to be one of the first people on the meeting and, like, if we're still waiting for someone, uh, try to entertain them, try to entertain them, like, ask them about the movies they saw ask them about, like, what they did do, like, I don't know, the day before. So people would open up a little bit and, like, learn at least something. Ah, you like the movie? Well, I also like the movie. Or, you know, but then the rest of the team was like, well, I think the movie is shit. <laughs> so there are, like, a different <laughs> outcomes uh, about all of it. Yeah. Um, Uh, Like our producers, uh, we're doing a really good job on introducing uh, things like uh, Pecha Kucha when you know people presenting about their stuff outside of work. So you like everyone uh, from time to time will prepare like, uh, I don't know, six slides about who they are, where they are from, uh, and they are not allowed to speak anything about their work or like professional experience. And then you realize, like, oh my god, like this guy is like jumping with a parachute, and another one is like doing something like diving or whatever else. So this also kind of like uh, creating some some points of uh, of conversations uh, of kind of like later
2: um yeah do you you find uh
0: to open this up to to all all three of you do you find um like i was just thinking about the ways you could build trust like doing social events outside of work i think we mentioned it a little bit before do you find that the people that tend to work in the uh, at home the most do still come to those events uh, and like want to meet people outside the office is that like from any of yours experiences is that still the case
1: i think varies a lot hard to say it's most likely easier to say no again there's no peer pressure of like hey are you coming to the thing tonight Uh, because you might not have that conversation on the uh, on the stairway or something like this yeah Uh, one thing that i we have noticed as well is like when we try to have these sort of remote after work things for example like hey okay grab a beer come hang Uh, here's a zoom room that's open open after five or something like this if it's this sort of um uh, for example, our HR department or some very official uh, party is is throwing the after-work thing. Then it's uh, not that. Easy for people to gravitate towards, but if it's personified, one person's like, okay, that guy Elmer is now throwing that thing. Uh, please come and hang with me. Then it's a lot harder for people to say no because it's uh it's not a company thing, but it's a a person actually just working in the company is asking for like friends and colleagues to join. So that seems to be that. There seems to be a difference in there for some reason. Mm, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, for,
3: uh, regarding like offsites, I'm basically uh, kind of inviting people to some place to drink beer and, and such. Uh, I think it's very easy to hang on uh, and like, you know, to be super fun and friendly with each other when we're just like drinking after work. Uh, and it's not always actually translates to the kind of further uh, work experience. So um, what we did, and I think I found it pretty successful is actually to do those offsites during the work hours. So everybody would come to a certain place and do some kind of like a brainstorm session, something to trigger the discussion. So you still are at work and after this like workshop or brainstorm is done, you still have topics to discuss uh, and those you can discuss in a free atmosphere with beer and maybe even like touch some other topics that surround uh,
0: the discussion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Emma, uh, just come back to you. Any anything else to add on the, on those two points?
2: I I was thinking that yeah, it's easier when we meet in person and we hang out and we create this trust relationship and we make some bonds um, for people which is in the company longer. I think it's easier to say, okay, I'm, I'm coming to these events. For newer people, I think it's it's more difficult or i found it more difficult they they have this still this resistant i wouldn't put everybody in the same group of course because they are people super super eager to hang out with uh with colleagues and so on but i think it's more difficult and um and what Mikita was saying that works about creating kind of a workshop and then hanging out i think it's cool but i was thinking um it's okay if everybody's living in the same city and so we have this remote work in the same place, right? But if you are doing truly remote work, and everybody is scattered around the <laughs> whatever around the world. Um, I've been thinking what we have been doing uh, at Google for for that um, and the, and the online events we are doing. and I think it's very difficult to keep the engagement. Um, so at the beginning at the beginning of the of the pandemic and the lockdown, everybody was very eager to just join. But with time, you would see that the, the engagement was decreasing and was harder and harder to get people you know, assisting to these events because also people are tired of just looking at the screen the whole the whole day and then afterwards staying there. <laughs> so, exactly,
1: getting into yeah. the, uh, sorry Mikita, getting into the Zoom fatigue, that's very, very real and mm-hmm. if you have multiple like six, seven, eight calls a day and you have to keep yourself in the camera frame and you have to try to uh, read some micro expressions of people's faces when there's decompression and lag. uh, It's very time consuming and uh, the Zoom conversation doesn't necessarily always feel like a normal organic discussion. Everybody is quite huge. They are constantly staring at you and there's a lot of eye contact which makes it feel more like uh, you are performing. You are in a public speaking situation rather than actually just hanging out and there's a huge difference between those so if you are completely exhausted after the day already because you have been in Zoom all day and then you are asked to come hang out in this sort of a social aspect in the same actually like stage basically that you have been to naturally that's a lot a lot harder place to be in and then actually having something different to do while gathering around some activity for example we've been quite successful with some like okay this hour we just try some reference games just having an activity playing together and there's all the voice chat of course in there and you don't have to see anybody's face and you can concentrate on the things that, that are on the screen or keep talking about something that happened last weekend or even about work uh, while in that completely different uh, setting. Mikita did
3: you want to? I uh, actually also wanted to uh <laughs> mention like uh playing games. Uh, some kind of there are like a bunch of uh, multiplayer games where you could kind of chat and play at the same time. We also did uh sketch clubs, uh where we would just also sketch at the same time, also using uh magma to just chat about life, but also create some doodles altogether. Mm-hmm. Um uh also like coming back to uh Emma's uh, uh remark about uh, Kind of it's hard to get all the people together especially if they're in different cities um we did that in the last project actually so we uh flew everybody to poland and went to the forest like and uh, basically rented like a small hotel uh, in the middle of the woods uh was super cool experience stayed there overnight so everybody was super chill we did like a retrospective and then the workshop and then there were like drinks and we like hang out in the bar and then went to sleep woke up you know had some more discussions about the direction of the project. Uh, that was super cool experience. Uh, everybody really kind of lived through it, uh, and I think after that, like the communication in the team improved
1: quite a bit. Getting somebody to get murdered with that premise, <laughs> 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 oh, right? Well, um,
0: before we before we end, because obviously that was the the third and final question of the day with three guests. I always try and ask everyone on the podcast at some point. What the favorite game that they're playing at the moment is, so and why? So give us some suggestions uh, going around. So, Mary, what what game are you playing at the minute, and uh, and why?
1: Um, well, I guess I already mentioned that like team sports, belonging to a team, is a big thing for me. So mm-hmm. uh, we just fired uh, like a Super Mario soccer game on Switch called Mario Strikers. Battle League, something like this. And I played it with a couple of mates and that was amazingly fun. Nice. Cool. Emma.
2: Um, I'm playing now Ghost of Tsushima. And um, yeah, I'm... (sighs) It's taking me too long. <laughs> I have to admit it, um, but I like to play because it gives me the opportunity to uh, relax with this nice environment and uh, and at the same time to fight a little bit and just to throw some adrenaline. So yeah. <laughs> it has both things for me. So <laughs> that's why I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's your way of relaxing.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: getting all agitated, <laughs> uh, Makita.
3: Um, I would go with uh, Rocket League Sideswipe. Uh, very interesting project to me. First of all, it's completely free games,' so like even if you want to send money. like there is no way you can do it. Um, but with like pretty simple mechanic, uh, they managed to execute quite a lot, so you can like combine jumps with boost and all the stuff. So even like the simple gameplay by itself is still super like explorative, even though you're always play by pretty much the same field. So I, I got pretty obsessed with it playing it for a few months now.
0: Uh, Cool game. I I need to connect you with my boss, Makita, because he is obsessed. (laughs) So, same. Um, Right. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you uh, to all of you. Thank you to Elmeri. Thank you to Emma. And thank you to Makita. Some couple of great questions, great points. It's been a really, really interesting podcast to to be a part of, but to listen to you guys as well. So, I really appreciate it. And I hope all of you listening as well um, have got a lot of takeaways from that. If anyone does want to join uh, the Evolution Exchange podcast, please feel free to reach out to me and we'll see you on the next episode.